0: Welcome to Behind the Curtain with Nick Troon, the show where we sit down with theatre practitioners and get a backstage look at the creative process. On today's episode, we sit down with Gordon Cope, the mind behind Armadale's High Country Theatre and director slash writer for their upcoming show, The Pied Piper. We'll be talking about working with children, Gordon's thoughts on writing, and the significance behind High Country Theatre as a whole. But that's enough from me. Let's get on with the show and beep behind the curtain. listening to 106.9 Tune FM Behind the Curtain with Nick Troon. My name's Nick. I'm your host. And today I'm sitting down with Gordon Cope. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure to be here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? It seems like I've been
1: around for 100 years and I'm getting really close to that. But really, I've only been in uh, Armadale since 1989 and uh, discovered that it was a wonderful place to live and be. And the art scene here was so fantastic. You could almost be out every night of the week if you could keep up the effort. So <laughs> There's always something on. I don't think I've ever produced a show where there hasn't been a significant (laughs) clash, but it just speaks volumes about the talent in the town and that different organisations, including the schools, can manage to produce excellent theatre, even though their actors are drawn in many different directions for for casting. So, yeah, it's a great place to live. So that aside, I like to write, and my book, The Great Emu War, is is on sale. (laughs) Uh, You can get it on Amazon or at the Lodge Theatre. We've actually established at the Lodge a local Mm. shelf for uh, local authors, so it's local only, so people have put some of their works there and they're not getting rich out of it but, you know, it's just a statement that says, hey, this is another part of our town. So, as you alluded, I've done a number of shows all of which I've really enjoyed. I've worked for ADMS. I think the first show I did for them was uh, Fiddler on the Roof and I had the great privilege of playing Tevye which was a lot of fun and being a tenor and taking on the part of a baritone (laughs) huge amount but I love the character and all the characters I've ever played you either feel sad when they go or you feel like I felt at the end of reading Voss I read it on holidays when he finally died I jumped up out of the chair and said yes you're dead." <laughs> Thank God you're dead I never want to see you again Fortunately I didn't have to play him on stage But other characters I've really enjoyed And had an opportunity to do incredible things That you Mm. might never encounter in a professional career The variety that's on offer in a professional career Is often limited by your physical attributes Rather than your acting abilities Mm -hmm. So anyway that's a little bit about me I have three wonderful children And and wonderful dogs Mm -hmm. And wonderful partner And life is good
0: And you're the lead creative behind High Country Theatre For those unfamiliar with the company? What is it all about? Barbara Albury and I established High Country
1: Theatre together 10, 12 years ago. And our objective was to do interesting work, not necessarily box office popular work. And one of the other objectives was to make use of people who sometimes don't get a go. And that includes children. That Mm -hmm. includes people with disabilities, that includes people that are aging, and so with that overall tenet in mind, we've produced really, I think, an extraordinary number of shows, including Wojciech, which is Mm -hmm. a classic German show. It could be said it's what Shakespeare is to English people, Wojciech is to German people, and German kids are... Forced to study it at school. <laughs> and the damn thing's not even finished. <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed the characters, so complex. Mm. That was a really interesting thing because the German ambassador came up from Canberra and mm. to see the show. But anyway, yeah, we've done other things and true to our beginnings, we've involved children. Mm-hmm. I think the first really big show with children we did was The Little Prince. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. It's a weird piece of writing. But a lot of people came because it was part of their childhood. <laughs> An older friend of mine came up to me after one of the performances and said, I haven't got a clue what it's about, but well done. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) But we had something like 40 kids turn up for audition and Barbara, looking almost blood draining from her face, said what are we going to do with all these? And I said, we're going to take them all. And we did. And so they played little flowers Mm -hmm. and all sorts of characters. Mm -hmm. And we had two young boys playing the little prince Mm -hmm. so that they could share the role and have a break. And if one got sick, we had a (laughs) backup. And they were both excellent, but in Mm -hmm. different ways. That was just a wonderful experience. Mm. And I was going to say,
0: and since then, you've done some other fantastic projects like The Red Balloon, Little Red Riding Hood, Jack and the Beanstalk. Last year, you did In Bed with the Bishops as as an adult. Adult plane.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we did that because it was a new work. And that's part of our ethos as well, looking for new works. And it's a show about two psychiatrists. One is the sort of supervisor of the other. And it was written, guess by who? A psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so he spends a lot of time sending himself up. Where, where were we up to? So I did Yeah, Red Balloon, I did we sort of adapted that a little bit because mm-hmm. we weren't sure if it was in or out of copyright, we couldn't get a clear answer. And there was a sort of a second version in English, but we mm-hmm. actually translated it again and made some changes and some additional scenes.
0: That is a perfect segue. This isn't your first time adapting a fairy tale into a play or another piece of text. Mm. Is there any particular reason why you choose to adapt? existing properties rather than creating new ones?
1: Well I should avoid saying because it's easy (laughs) because it's not particularly easy but it is incredibly interesting Mm. and I shouldn't say challenging because it's not. Once you get an idea and it's important to you and you keep going with it then it's not hard at all and it's just a pleasure to write and and invent and do it. Mm. So looking at Say, Red Riding Hood, because mm-hmm. that's the one that's perhaps in my memory the best. The original tale of Red Riding Hood mm-hmm. was quite short. It was, mum says, take this to grandma, but don't go in the forest or you might get dead. And so she goes in the forest and she gets eaten by the wolf. And that's the end of the story. So the moral of the story is, do what your mother tells you. <laughs> so I wanted to take it a bit further than that because society mm. in general has moved on mm. And although we have Unfortunate creatures Who are more wolf-like In their approach to society Than the rest of us So the moral still stands That we want to keep children safe Yep That's a given But how do we do that mm. In this day and age And so it was a great pleasure To write what starts out As a stroppy red riding hood mm. With a mother saying Now don't go through the woods I know Yes you know Etc And their relationship Sort of develops And becomes more adult Through the course of the play We also dispense with a grandma being eaten by the wolf we turned grandma into an environmentalist and she lives in the forest because guess what there's wreckers around and she was in fear of her life and therefore living in the forest and she knew a lot about the forest and so that was where the magic began and we created this character called the spirit of the forest and i was so fortunate that kerry moran who's one of the aboriginal elders agreed to be the spirit of the forest yeah. and so she did welcome to country for every show and then was spirit of the forest on top of that and she was wonderful at it and she brought lots of kids. They all trailed along behind her as spirits of the forest. Mm. And as I told you before, we started a young boy who um, I could not sit still. We made him a spirit of the forest, so he was moving all the time, <laughs> which he really enjoyed. Once you start the adaptation, it gives you a platform to say the things that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. And so the environmental
0: themes in Red Riding Hood are really strong.
1: And it, look, it's so much fun to write. I don't know if I would like to write all the time, because I don't like sitting down much. But yeah, I love doing
0: it. High Country Theatre's next upcoming project is The Pie. Piper, Yes. do you want to give an idea of what audiences can expect from this show?
1: They can expect what they don't expect. So once again, we've tried to make it relevant to the 21st century. We don't need the Pied Piper anymore to get rid of the rats. We've got toxic chemicals to do that. So how are we going to stage this? So it's still set in Hamelin in a nondescript time. So it's the same setup. The Piper says he'll get rid of the rats. They offer to pay him a million dollars. But both the mayor and the general manager are crooks. I mean, they're corrupt from the get-go they mm. are so corrupt so they're really well off all the villages are poor as dirt and it takes a while for the truth to come out so the of true to his word takes the rats away and then they refuse to pay him And then the story changes. And I really don't want to say too much more. No, of course. And there's a final ending that you really would not expect. But fun. So much fun. Uh,
0: Now, before, you were saying about uh, writing. Do you believe the script writing process has gotten at all easier over time?
1: I think only because of rising confidence in doing it. But, you know, don't be a script writer unless you really love doing it. Or you've got a passion to tell one story. It's got to be one or the other. Mm. Or both. Has it got easier over time. It's maybe got a bit quicker. The hard part, really... Mm is going back over something. So if you write something lengthy, like Mm. when I wrote The Great Emu War, it's a full-length novel. There's a lot of going back and saying, what idiot wrote this? (laughs) This is awful. And so there's that constant revision going on. And a lot of the fun is going back and inserting things. So if you want this to happen at the end, well, you better alert the audience at the beginning that this is important. Exactly. That sort of thing. So more about enjoyment, I think, and, and just love of doing it. But also I should mention not only telling the story, which is important, and the story's got to be a good story, but also the moral behind the story. That can be anything. In Red Riding Hood, it was that persistent keep children safe. And it it went from mother keeping Red Riding Hood safe to let's keep the world safe for Mm -hmm. our children. So that really strong theme. This time with the Pied Piper, the only real original moral theme is pay your debts. But we wanted to do more than that. Mm -hmm. And so the children discover a whole new way to live. And right at the end, the smart kid who eventually does end up in the glorious land has brought a book with her And she said, I brought this book with me. I thought it might be helpful. And the book is We Build the Road As We Travel, which for a while was the only source written in English about Mondragon, which is the Spanish cooperatives which is in the north of Spain, an absolutely outstanding, what started as an experiment just to survive and has become an outstanding example of what people can do when they work cooperatively. Everybody should read it except it's out of print. (laughs) (laughs) I got the only copy within 50 miles. (laughs) However, yeah, there's a lot on the net, Mm. so if people want to look up in advance how it influenced the underlying themes of Pied Piper You can read about it on the net Just look up Mondragon Which most English speaking people would say Mondragon M-O-N-D-R-A-G-O-N
0: This show could technically be classified as a musical Thanks to the original score by Robert Thompson In both this and your past work together How do you believe music adds to the final performance?
1: Enormously, Mm. enormously And you should include yourself in that Nick Because Mm. when I discovered that you could play the guitar and sing I thought, oh, I'll make use of this (laughs) And in Jack and the Beanstalk you had the opportunity there's a narrator roving around filling in the story with song which was greatly appreciated and not only by me but by the audience as well music wise I've worked also with of course Benjamin Thorne who just about everybody in Amador should know who is I think a local treasure and Ben did all the music for both Red Balloon and Little Prince and he and Bob worked together reasonably well gotta say they're both musicians you know the story oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay but at least they don't fight over who gets top building <laughs> and this time it's only an orchestra of two which is Bob and Ben and so Ben's playing flute and Bob's playing guitar but does it add to the story to the production always immeasurably if you're going to tell a story without music by Cracky it's got to be good but it adds because it allows the actors another form of expression it showcases what young actors can do it's just wonderful and of course they're really quick on the uptake Mm -hmm. and so sometimes you struggle with adults Mm -hmm. and while we're not doing four part harmonies they pick up the melody pretty Mm. quick Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's fun to do as well as just adding So much colour to the actual production. And in this one, there's a very, very sad song just before the interval, and it is by the smart student who does have a name, but I named all the characters as the names of the actors Mm. so that I wouldn't get confused. (laughs) (laughs) So Iris sings this song, pretty short, but it's beautiful. And I don't think you can create that
0: much feeling without music. As well as the mind behind High Country Theatre and the writer of the show, you're also the director. In this role, how has the rehearsal process been for this show? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's a piece of cake. Walk in the park. Honestly, you would think as the writer director, the great advantage would be that you know where the show's going at any given moment. And that's partly true. But do you remember the whole script? No. Did I write that? Yes. Oh. <laughs> There's still a lot of work to do, and because there wasn't a lot of time for rewrite on this project, we're still wanting to fiddle with it. And that of course the kids to distraction, and you really try not to do that as a director. Red Hood was a bit the same, and I think we were up to version four before we said, no, we've really got to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't direct unless you really love it, or you'll have a nervous breakdown.
0: <laughs> and so in your experience, have you found any benefits to directing a script that you've written?
1: Yeah, because it allows you to become your own critic in a more, I shouldn't say profound, that's a cliche, isn't it? but in a better way. Mm. It's one thing to review your work. It's another thing to see it right in front of you and think, ah, it's not what I really intended or, you know, that sort of thing. So that's a huge benefit. And I always plan to do a thorough rewrite after the show and make it available to, you know, schools or whoever wants to do them.
0: And now, lastly, in the creative world, there is an old adage of never work (laughs) with children or animals.
1: Really? (laughs) I didn't know that, Nick... (laughs)
0: That makes so much sense. (laughs) But that said, you've become quite the professional at directing children in your productions. Have you found any benefits or tips on this?
1: Well, the benefits for me are the children are wonderful. I so much enjoyed my own children and they so much enjoyed telling me off. (laughs) But you've got to have the same mindset that you would have with your own kids. And if that wasn't happy, then you're probably not going to be good at working with kids. So working with kids, wonderful. They make me really happy because they're fun Mm. and they're enjoying themselves. And they invent. Ah, could I tell you this? This is a bit of a giveaway, but I should tell you because it just typifies the invention process that Mm. young actors often have. Iris, who's the smart student, when the pod Piper is telling the kids that he'll take away the rats, one of the other kids says, "'Do you think he really can?' And she says, "'No!' It's just a story. Don't be silly. And she said, well, what what do you know, Mr. Know-Everything? And then Iris replies, that's Miss Know-Everything. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And she put that in. So there's some delightful moments. Mm. And sometimes you've got to say, I don't think that'll really fit. But good idea. Maybe Mm. we'll use it some other time and encourage it. And I've got to tell you this. One of the, I think, eight-year-olds decided that she would write her version of Alice in Wonderland, the most complex and harem story ever, <laughs> and one I'm not sure I really understand. Drug addled writer. <laughs> so she gets to typing it and she'd done about three pages and gave it to me to read. And I was like, this isn't just a lift from the book which she obviously has. Mm. This is her take on it and how it could be better and, and more interesting. And more. Mm. And I went back to her and said, OK, I finally had time to read this. This is really interesting. Where's the rest of it? <laughs> I, want, I want to know what happens next. And I said to her mother, how much of this did you do? And she said, none. I mean, it, they amaze you all the time. And not only because they eat all the biscuits and drink all the milk.
0: Maybe we should be looking out for High Country Theatre's production of Alice in Wonderland in the next few years.
1: <laughs> oh, I've got some issues with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know for next year. And it was actually Bob that came up with the idea of doing Pied Piper so it's just wonderful process
0: yeah, you never know where these shows are going to come no away. you don't that's yeah, great no. and so before we close <laughs> do you want to give a quick promo for the show oh I do please
1: please come and see the Pied Piper I'm sure you'll enjoy it we might have some mistakes in performance from our very young actors but not too many most mm-hmm. of them are terrific we open on Friday night 7.30 on the 10th of November so we're going to run for three weeks Friday, Saturday, Sunday mm-hmm. so the Fridays are 7.30 but the Saturdays and Sundays are both 2 o'clock, and we hope that will attract more people to bring their kids. Kids' tickets are only $10. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a family ticket that sort of gives you a bit of a reduction. Full-price adults are 25 and concessions are 20 So we hope that that's okay. And you can book on Try Booking. Just go into trybooking.com and search for the Pied Piper Amadale. You'll
0: find it. Either that or the uh, High Country Facebook page.
1: That's right. You're, you've got a direct link from the High Country Facebook page, or if there's a poster near you, it's got a QR code on it. That will take you to... Try booking.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming and speaking with us.
1: Nick, it has been a pleasure. Now I'll go away and think of all the things I should have said. <laughs> no, thanks very much.
0: You've been listening to Behind the Curtain with Nick Truon, recorded in TuneFM Studios at the University of New England on Anawan Country. To view the latest episodes and TuneFM's other programs, visit tunefm.net or search TuneFM on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Finally, make sure you're following TuneFM on Facebook and Instagram for the latest updates on new episodes. That's it for today's episode. My name's been Nick, and I'll see you next time.